Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment of time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be on this plane of existence, that you are able to tap into your inner spirit and your reserves of endurance. Because, guys, These are the times that test our patience, that tests our inner resolve, and it tests our inner strength. We have to stand up for what we believe in, stand up for what is right, and now is not the time to sit back and be passive, especially when it comes to the black struggle. We cannot sit back, especially if you're white, you can't just sit back and do nothing. We have to do something. I did my interview with George Floyd last night. I got some early feedback on that. I've had about maybe 66 people (laughs) have listened to it. And people said, boy, that was a powerful interview. I interviewed him from beyond the grave. Wasn't my idea. I'm not in the habit of chasing after people after they've died. (laughs) I'm not in the habit of going after spirits or ghosts. Hey, come and talk on the show. No. If they come and they come here and they talk to me first and they ask me, and I guess for some reason I have a reputation in heaven (laughs) as being a good channeler or interviewer of ghosts. And I was thinking about it after I finished my show last night and George Floyd said he had walked with Jesus in a garden in heaven and had some conversations with him. Well, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I've actually spoken with Brother Yeheshua. That's what I call Jesus. And we've we've uh, talked quite a, quite a bit and at length about a lot of different things throughout my lifetime, but also on the show. I have channeled him for you guys as well. So now I wonder if he wasn't the one that said, Hey, (laughs) why don't you go talk to uh, this woman who will put you on the show and give you a platform with which to still speak to the world about what your experience was and what happened and what you wish to say to people now. So I was thinking about that, but these are the times in which we need to tap into our inner endurance my um one of my listeners chris is out there every day protesting every day every day every day you know she says hey what sleep sleep is nothing she's when she's at home she's rapping she's 
speaking of the struggle within her art, rapping and rapping and rapping. If you want to listen to her, Hi Chris Gray, G-R-A-Y, is her, it's, it's Hi H-I and then Chris, C-H-R-I-S, G-R-A-Y, is her Instagram account and she's talking about the struggle. She's like, look, this is straight up. We are not going to stop until we get justice. No justice, no peace. And this is important for us to know. This is a time. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. This is a human struggle. This is a struggle for everybody. No one is free until we all are free. So I'm encouraging you guys to please, please uh, try to either donate to the cause, get out there and protest, or just at the very least speak up when you hear somebody saying something racist against black people because that is not right. It's not right. So there's a lot of struggles going on in the world. There's a lot of things happening. I mean, still with the global pandemic already, we're still supposed to be in isolation. I mean, if I was in Los Angeles right now, you best believe I'd be out there on, on the streets every single day. I have marched with black people during the Uh, right after the Rodney King uh, beating that took place, I was taking to the streets. I was on campus at Cal State Northridge. I, you know, it was a part of of this struggle back then. And I've been speaking up against racist beliefs, attitudes, even racist jokes I had to deal with when I was a little kid. I don't hear as many now. In fact, It's been a long time since I heard a racist joke, like 10 years, and it makes me happy at least. I see the society changing, and and sometimes it's extremely freaking slow, but it is getting better, and Vice News has some really, really interesting um, videos lately of what's going on in Minneapolis, and there are some police officers that are doing good. There, I've seen several images now of police officers taking a knee. Finally. Finally. So, this is a time. And I would like to encourage those of you who are magical. If you want to throw hexes and curses out, be careful how you do it. You can say... To all of the violent oppressors in the world. If you don't want to actually throw a a curse or hex out, you can um, try to imagine that there's mirrors all around. You could do a mirror spell, a reflection spell, so that the whole world will see who they are. And they will be brought to justice when everyone sees the light shining on them. Uh, if you have the materials, you could put several mirrors reflecting each other and shining a light above it. And then you could put on a piece of paper, you could draw people, or if you have pictures of specific people, or you could just write the word violent oppressors so that everything is reflected back on them and a light is shone on them from above so that the whole world will know. 
or there's a spell you can do with uh, ice, you can put them on ice. You know, if you put somebody on ice, they're not going to be able to bother you any longer. So you can put the words violent oppressors as opposed to police because not all policemen are bad. And I was upset yesterday and, you know, I said I'm hard pressed to find. And you know what? Today, in my experience, just scrolling through YouTube and scrolling through Instagram, even for like one hour, all of a sudden I was met with images of maybe 12 different incidences of police officers hugging white police officers hugging black people or I saw um, you know officers taking a knee and saying and there was an officer in West Hollywood he says look I don't want to be the bad guy here I don't want to be on this side of the fence because I believe in your cause I am against police brutality and police violence. I do not approve of things that, you know, occurred and I, I don't, you know, so, and he was just like, but look, we have to do our jobs. It's the law. We were hired to do this. We have to arrest anyone out after curfew. Please, please, please just leave at the time of the curfew and you can protest tomorrow because we're exhausted. We've been up all night too. We want to go home. We want to sleep. We'll come back tomorrow and you can protest again tomorrow. I'm with you. And, and people are like, okay. And so then they started to respect, you know, the guys, but there were other images that I saw of black people shouting at black police officers. Why are you standing there looking at me with a badge on your chest opposed to a struggle that is also yours? Why are you not on this side of the fence with me fighting for black brothers and sisters? Why? You know, and, and I can't say I disagree with that. I, uh, you know, just, it's something that needs to be addressed and it's something that we cannot pussyfoot around. We cannot out, you know, just skirt the issue. You know, we have to get through this. In the interview I did last night, George Floyd did say something about how this is a shadow upon America and we're not going to ascend until we fully embrace everybody as being equal and we have to stand up right now for our black brothers and our black sisters and love them, support black businesses, have a dialogue stand up to racist people. It's not enough to be non-racist. You have to be anti-racist at this point. We have to accept everybody as God made them. We have to accept ourselves as God made us. And God did not make us racist. You know, for the record, Jesus was not white, by the way. Jesus was of mixed blood. His mother was from England, actually. Um, There's a lot of scholars that talk about this. And he was Arab and English. He was mixed. 
you know, so I don't know. I just feel like this is the time. This is the time that tests who we are as people. What are you willing to talk about? Where is your dialogue headed? You know, are you just saying people are just unrested and they should just go home and stop all the looting and violence. Well, guess what? Most of these protesters are not looting. Most of these protesters are not being violent. They are standing up for what they must. This is a revolution. Most of which is not being televised. This is our time. Our innermost selves we're being put to the test we have to pull that inner strength from within and we have to do the right thing right now tomorrow is too late so pray for strength Pray for people around the world. Pray for the black people around the world to be safe, to feel safe, to actually be safe, to feel loved and protected. And let's hex and curse the violent oppressors, however you wish to do it, putting them on ice, I don't know. I mean, by the way, you know, magically, not actually. I'm not, I'm not saying to go out and kill anybody. When I say putting someone on ice, it's you, you put their name or just the words violent oppressors and you do a spell about it. You ask God, you ask your higher guidance. You know, if you walk with goddess Hikari or if you walk with Jesus, whoever is of a higher power than you that you look up to ascended masters ask them to help you put the energy around the people who are violently oppressing others and then literally you put them in a little tiny in a little tiny um, ice cube tray you can put the word violent oppressors that's my favorite idea I mean, my son and I sat here for, for hours, for two days. We've been thinking about what can we do? That's not going to screw up our karma. It's not going to come back on us, but will shine a light on those who are doing wrong because you know what? They need to be held accountable right now. It's not enough for those officers to be fired. They need to go to jail. They need to be in federal prison. They deserve the full treatment of what they have done. They need to have their consequence now. It's not enough to just lose their job. It's not enough. So we were thinking about it and that's what we come up with. So you just, you put it in an ice cube tray and you freeze it. And once the ice cube is frozen with the names of the people and, or, that you just you put in a plastic bag and throw it in the back of your freezer and 
leave it there forever. You can also ask angels, legions and legions and legions of angels to come and wrap their loving arms and wings around all the black people on the planet. Keep them safe. Keep them protected. Give them emotional freedom from fear. Give them love, positive, empowered energy. But at the same time, don't just say a prayer and do nothing. Say a prayer. Donate money if you can. Um, Shop from black businesses. Eat at black-owned restaurants. Eat at black-owned, you know, food trucks or whatever. I mean, whatever you can do to help support our black brothers and sisters because you know what? They are us and we are them and we are all one. And the only way we can be one is if we include everybody in that oneness. It's not enough to sit in a room with 10 other white people and, and, and sing Kumbaya, not even understanding that that's a song that comes from Africa. It's not enough. Love, interact, really be supportive. Not just in your mind and, you know, just do what you can. Becca Feel Good is another Instagram account. And I adore Becca. She listens to the show. So hi, Becca. And she's from Germany. And she has put, for her part in this, she has put a lot of amazing posts about if you cannot donate, you don't have the money. She put up something about, um, there's a a thing that you could play. And the more you plays you get, the more um, money is donated to these causes. Right now to Black Lives Matter. So I encourage you to go check out her Instagram account. Again, that's Becca Feelgood, B-E-C-C-A-F-E-E-L-G-O-O-D. She also has a metaphysical podcast. She started recently. Because of me, she was inspired, which inspires me even more. And I just, I adore her. She's like a long lost daughter to me. (laughs) Somehow, I think we had a past life together or something. She's an an amazing human. And I'm I'm really happy, honestly, to see so many amazing posts on Instagram. So much love and support. And I hope that that continues you know this should not be a contemplation for two or three days and then you go about your lives of white privilege if you're white because it's not enough to do something for two or three days and then stop because it's no longer socially relevant or in the news we have to do this for the rest of our lives every single day We have to support black-owned businesses every day, you know, that we possibly can. I mean, you can't go to the hair salon every single day, but, you know, hey, once or twice a month, if you go to a hair salon, go check out a black-owned business. You know, um, I used to take my 
my son, my youngest, um, to Oakland, California, where we, we used to live, well, we lived in, in Berkeley, but we, uh, we spent a lot of time in Oakland and we went to black owned businesses and we actually went to a mosque there. It was, um, a black mosque. It was people who normally were raised Christian and then they converted to Islam and during Ramadan we spent um, many days there and um, it was awesome awesome we loved we loved the community and the spirit and the energy there just so supportive and loving and my oldest kid actually lives in Oakland now and she's like I feel so much more comfortable mom in the black community than in any other community I've ever been in I feel so accepted and supported and loved and she would do anything for her friends, you know, and, and she feels like this is like her extended family. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful to that, you know, and when we lived in Detroit, we lived in a black neighborhood and we were there for all of our neighbors and friends. And, you know, I still, I still talk to my neighbors, even though I haven't seen them in a few years, we still, we still keep in contact. You know, I'm always loving them and, and supporting them and conversating and, um, conversating, is that a word? <laughs> you know, it's just necessary. It's necessary to be aware of the struggle and try to diminish that struggle where we can. That's, that's my, my two cents on the matter, I guess. And I think we need to send love constantly to every person on the planet all the time. And we need to just keep doing our part. And most of you guys are, and, and I have seen a lot of your, um, your Instagram accounts and people that have contacted me. Just thank you. Thank you so much for for your continued love and support of all humans, not just, you know, the 30 or 40 people, you know, or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like George Floyd was saying yesterday in the show, just, it's so people who choose to come to earth right now, in this day and age to be black are very, very, very brave and very strong souls. And my heart goes out to you. If you're listening to this and you are black, I'm sending you so much love right now. I feel you. I feel your pain as an empath, especially but I cannot ever know what you're going through for real. I mean, I've had a few bits and pieces and days of my life that I experienced racism, you know, but nothing, nothing compared to what, you know, and I get that, you know, I've gotten the nice racism where in Peru they thought we were famous because we were, I don't know why. I, I, I just, it's like, cause we're white, we're Americans. It was very strange. Kids screaming until I give them my autograph. It's like, who the hell am I? You don't know me. <laughs> I'm just like a random woman from 
California and they they insisted we were famous we're like oh my god the only we were being mobbed like the Beatles <laughs> it, was, it was like insane form of racism it was um, I had conversations with other people that went through similar things in Peru and they were like it's like positive racism but still racism and it was weird you know um but also you know people expect well you're white you must be rich so they charge more money you know something's five dollars for everybody in the town but I walk I walk into the shop and it's twenty dollars for me um over and over that was happening taxis always ask for 50 cents to a dollar over what the fare is which is illegal, but they keep doing it because, you know, so I, I get racism in that way. My friend who's black, he gets racism in the opposite way. Well, you're black. You don't have any money, which is a racism again. And they charge him 35 cents less, you know, he's like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's racism, but I'll take it. I mean, it's an extra, you know, 30 to 50 cents in my pocket. And you know, if they want to be racist, that's fine. I'll take, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll keep my money. You know, we laugh about it because it was just, it's so stupid. Racism is a really stupid thing, but it's real. The struggle is real. So anyway, I just, um, I don't know. I know I'm pretty sure I've been black in past life and I just feel so much love and outpouring for um, all of my black friends, I worry so much, um, for my, my people that I know, that I love, that I, you know, I have a friend in Los Angeles, I haven't talked to him in years, I lost touch with him, and his name is, um, his last name is so common that every time I try to look him up, there's like millions of people with the same name, and it's so frustrating, I just, I, you know, Greg, if you're listening, you know, I still love you so much, and he and I had, we've had past lives together and we worked together. He was a crip. He was on the original crips and he went to jail for some crimes he committed. But when I met him, he was with me just trying to, I, I worked in the inner city in LA and I tried to help these kids stay out of, um, stay off of drugs, stay out of gangs, go to school, have a life. And the kids I worked with were gay and lesbian in the black community and um it was hard their their lives were hard it was a struggle and every day i would show up and you know every day i loved them and gave them the best advice to the best of my ability you know um it was uh it was eye-opening for sure and i just i always felt my life and my time was best spent learning about people that I did not grow up around, you know, like going and understanding a struggle from a different angle, you know, and that's one reason why I moved my kids to Central America, and then eventually we moved to South America, and we we learned what it's like, you know, someone um, was saying something on Instagram, and he was just being contrary, and I, I said, you know, I've I can't imagine what it's like to be a a black man in America right now, but I've had a few different experiences, so I understand racism from the few times it's happened to me, and I can't imagine every single interaction forever. 
and he said something about, well, that's good for you. I said, you know what? It is good for me because it's given me, even though it was frustrating and made me angry and made me cry. One time is extremely dangerous because in Mexico, you know, when, you know, they would write down people's names and then they wrote our names down as Guerra Uno, Guerra Dos, Guerra Tres. Basically, Blondie One, Blondie Two, Blondie Three. So that when we went later to show, to prove that they put us on the wrong bus, they sent us to the middle of the desert, and it cost us um, another eight hours on a bus. And I was running out of money, and I was really scared. We were really tired. I'm a single mom with kids. It was like ridiculous, but they did this as a joke and they all laughed about it. And our Spanish was hardly, we were really shit in Spanish at the time. And it was hard. It was scary as hell. You know, and, and it really hurt us a lot. I was very angry, very upset. Trying so hard to communicate with people that don't understand me because my Spanish my accent was off and my grammar is off. And it was like at that time, it was years ago, it was horrible. And they thought it was hilarious. And they would, they refused to help us in any way, shape or form. They were just kind of shrugging their shoulders and laughing, shaking their head. They even, um, at the bus station, they, um, even closed their window as if they were closed for the day and they weren't. And they kept like looking out to see if we were still there. And we waited for four hours for them to do something for us. And they wouldn't. So we had to go to another bus station across town. And I don't even know how the hell we got out of it. It was scary as hell. And this was in Oaxaca. It was one of the scare. It wasn't like, you know, in the northern Mexico. But it was one of the top um, bad cities to be in. It was like maybe in the top five most dangerous, most violent cartel um, ruled uh, cities, and that's where they sent us. Instead of to Puerto Escondido in the in the state of Oaxaca, they sent us to the city of Oaxaca, and um, and they refused to help us. And people are trying to rob us constantly. It was really scary, you know. And so, I mean, I have I have suffered, you know, a little bit, just a little bit, but you know, just like four or five days out of my life were really bad. I can't imagine every day of your life being that scary. So we need to support everybody. We need to love everybody. We need to love all black people everywhere, period. We have to open our hearts and our minds. Listen to their struggle and their stories. And pray every single day. And when I was in the city of Detroit, man, every single day, especially because I'd broken my leg, I just laid in bed and I'd say six or seven hours a day. That's all I did was pray and pray and pray and pray and pray for the neighborhood, for my neighbors, my neighbors who I saw, they were struggling, going to work every day. You know, my one neighbor, she barely graduated high school. She was pregnant and had her baby and. I remember her, the baby's first Christmas. I brought um, gifts over, and I got to hold the baby. I was so grateful. And now I've seen this little this little girl grow up, and she's so adorable. And I always send love to them, always. And I, I write them all the time and ask if they're okay. And their family members who didn't really know me when I was living in Detroit now have added me on Facebook, and so I, I get to hear from them too. And 
I love that. I love that. Because we all are kind of a greater human family, right? But let's support everything, everybody that we possibly can now. Anyway, I'm going to tell you guys what's going on. Um, earlier this evening, I interviewed my teenage son and he had an experience he wanted to share with you guys about going to hell and really exploring what that is. Literally, he went to hell with the current angel of death or the grim reaper and he was able to understand more about what this is now I'm not saying that my son died and went to hell because he's a bad person I mean just get rid of and throw away all your ideas about what hell really truly is you know it's not a religious thing it's something that whether you're religious or not before religions existed this place existed because it's a construct of our minds and we're going to learn more about that tonight what are demons what what who are they what why are they in existence why have they been so much a part of our world of duality <laughs> are they really evil we're going to find out all this tonight. Um, I already did the interview. I already know it's going to be said. And I'm telling you guys, it's going to help you if you've ever struggled with the ideas of hell and the afterlife and demons and devils. And if you've ever spent any moments being afraid of this, I think this show tonight, it's usually considered a darker theme a shadow idea but I think tonight you're gonna see for what it really is if you open your minds and your hearts to my son and listen to his experiences of um, and his take his beliefs that have been shaped from this experience now what's really funny is I was with him when he experienced this but I didn't know it's been almost a year since it happened I didn't know that this had happened you know we were in our old apartment together and I knew something had happened to I just I just saw that he had had a vision and he didn't talk for a long time and then finally he was like, I- I'm okay. And then he just like, I have to go to bed. You know, you know, we were just there in the living room together and he had this vision and well, we're going to go over that tonight. But I, it was only a few days ago. He said, you know, remember that one day? I'm like, yeah, I do. You didn't talk for a long time and you didn't tell me what happened. Then you had to like go in your room and think about it and contemplate and he kept very silent about it until this week. He's like, you know, that day, Mom, I, uh, I walked with death right into hell. <laughs> and I got to see it. And I got to experience all the things uh, 
the people misunderstand. It's all misunderstood. Now, something he didn't say in the interview, which I thought was uh, funny that he had said to me a couple days ago. He said, you know, Mom, when, when demons and devils, whatever you want to call them, come here on this plane of existence, when they come up to where we are, it's kind of a vacation. They kind of enjoy, you know, uh, instigating us to doing things that we know we oughtn't. <laughs> You know, when they try to tempt us. But ultimately, it's for our own good. And you're going to hear tonight about what that what that means and why. Why are they there? A lot of people that don't believe in God don't believe because they think it's unfair. Why create a world where you could choose good or evil and then you create a bunch of demons that will tempt you to do evil so that you could condemn them to hell forever to live with the demons it makes no sense therefore God is cruel and I don't believe in God and I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that that was their attitude they were like you know what so I'm not religious that's why I don't believe in God so hopefully tonight this will clear up some things um, who really puts us in hell who really condemns us? And what happens when we're there? Do we ever get out of hell? If we do go? Is there a way we could prevent going to hell? That's what we're talking about tonight. So, there you have it. Um, I don't know if you guys have had this as an ascension symptom or not, but I was not able to even exercise today. I was sick all day with intestinal distresses, shall we say. I think it has to do with the carrot cake that we ordered yesterday, damn it. My son and I have resolved that we will never order carrot cake again from these people. Uh, It didn't taste as good as normally either, so that was annoying, but... I mean, I just woke up with all kinds of pain in my stomach and in my intestines. And just, I've, and I think I had a fever earlier. And I just, in the afternoon, I went and laid down in my bed. And usually I try to take a nap in the afternoons. And I lay down. And after like two or three minutes, I can't sleep, whatever, get up, and I'm fine. Today, I lay down and I slept for two hours. Like, feeling really yucky and my son had the same thing we think it was a carrot cake but if you guys are having this uh, like intestinal distress or stomach issues it might be an assumption symptom I don't really know I had a fever that lasted about an hour and then it was over but I don't think I'm actually sick I don't think it's an actual bacterial thing so Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe I had a little bit of a bug for a couple hours. But, again, it could be an ascension symptom. Um, Having deep dreams, intense sleep where you're really, really, really in that state deeply. And meeting new people that you wake up and you're like, I don't know that person. I've noticed that every single night now I'm, I'm... having several dreams in which I'm meeting and hanging out with people 
and I wake up, I'm like, I don't know these people at all. And I think that's a new ascension symptom. The dreams that are weird as hell. And also connecting with other people on very deep levels. Like you have a dream that you're with your very best friend of all times forever. And you wake up and you're like, who the hell was that? I don't even know that person. Um, I keep having dreams that I'm dating women, which is crazy. Um, you know, it's like, I know my twin flame is a man. I, I am bisexual, but my, you know, in general, I, I prefer dating men. It's just, you know, I'm a little bit more straight than gay, I guess. But I keep having dreams about that. And I don't know if it's people trying to send me the energy of that for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. I've become aware of curses placed on me by someone recently. And I've become aware of um, curses placed on whole family lines that I am um, slightly related to. So, um, I've come across a few people recently actually saying the same thing that they're like all the women in a family line have been cursed or a whole family line has been cursed. And so I wanted to mention this in the event that you started having inklings or thoughts of, you know what? (laughs) Everyone in my family just has crappy luck and love or we're unable to make money or in spite of our being good, in spite of our being amazing, hardworking people, we still don't make the money or we have really bad luck in one way or another. So if you are starting to become aware of these kinds of things, just start asking your higher guidance for help. Of, and, and look up how to get rid of generational or lineage curses. This is the time to lift the curse off of everybody, right? So, you know, off of ourselves, off of our family lines. This is the time to change history in every possible way. So anyway, uh, let's get into it, guys. I've got to... Check out the space weather news, spaceweather.com. Right now, the current condition is solar wind speed, 311.2 kilometers per second. I think it's a little bit less than yesterday. We do have a sunspot. It's sunspot number 12. That's pretty cool. It's a member of solar cycle 25, which is awesome. Um, it's the new, the newest one. Wanted to mention something cool. There will be a penumbral lunar eclipse this week. This Friday, the full moon will pass through the outskirts of Earth's shadow, producing a penumbral lunar eclipse. I'm thinking this is a time. If you're going to throw hexes and curses (laughs) towards the violent oppressors, it just seems like a full moon with an eclipse might be the right time to do that. It just feels right to me. And remember, a witch does not hex and tell. <laughs> All right, so there's that. Um, now, this eclipse, for the record, will be visible from Africa, Australia, Antarctica, and parts of South America and Asia. 
eh, basically everywhere except North America. Of course, they also did not mention Europe or Russia. It's possible that basically the Northern Hemisphere might have a hard time seeing this eclipse, but it's still going to be there. And we might want to take advantage of it. I, My son and I have been talking about all the things we want to maybe do on the full moon. So, I don't know. I think I might be, might be doing a few things. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to talk about it, though. <laughs> if I do, I'm just throwing out the idea just to see, you know, just give you the uh, heads up that it's coming. Friday is a full moon. The Ulu neutron counts today are 9.4% of the space age average. That is high since yesterday. It's been a 0.1% change, um, a little bit higher. Uh, it doesn't say more than the four fireballs from yesterday, so I think there might be none, or NASA's All-Sky Fireball Network has not put out the information yet. We'll see. There is solar wind that has been flowing from the northern coronal hole, that could brush Earth's magnetic field on June 7th. That is the second, um, basically, burst of solar wind that will be coming our way this week. So just, it's kind of, kind of going to come on the Saturday and Sunday, I think, is what uh, we said yesterday. So be aware that we might have more ascension symptoms over the weekend. All right. As far as the Italian uh, Schumann Resonance News is concerned, coming out of DisclosureNews.it, we have 46 hertz frequency. So it's in the fifth dimension, but kind of lower in number. And the Schumann Resonances are back online from the HeartMath.org, which is the HeartMath Institute wanted to mention before we get into the most recent numbers that in Alberta, Canada, they were at 272 Hertz frequency on uh, Monday, but eight hours before what I'm going to tell you, it's basically four in the morning, 272 was where they were at. That's, that's almost 300. That's huge, huge energy going on over there in Canada. But the most recent numbers we have is coming out of Monday. Remember, we have been two days behind. I don't know why they don't have up-to-date information, but they have been having issues with moving all their information over to a new server. Hopefully, you'll get back on track soon. But this is our latest numbers coming out of all these cities. So here we go. On Monday, June 1st at noon. These are the numbers. California reached 102 hertz frequency. And Hofuf, Saudi Arabia came up off the, that zero. <laughs> They've been at zero for a long time. They reached 37 hertz frequency. That's in Saudi Arabia. Lithuania saw 151 hertz frequency. And Alberta, Canada came down from 272 to 258 
which is still pretty darn high on the Schumann freak or Schumann resonance frequency. That's that's huge. And in Northland, New Zealand, they were at 85 hertz frequency. And Halului, South Africa, last but not least, was at 124 hertz frequency. All right, so here we go. <laughs> A course in miracles. Everybody needs miracles in their life. So we've been doing this for a while. We are less than 305. That means I've read either the full lesson or partial lesson for 305 episodes in a row. Pretty cool, right? We have 60 left to go. That's two more months worth. Might take us three months because I'm taking weekends off to spend time with my son this year. And what's ironic is I did that so that we could go camping and then bam, quarantine. Urgh. God, I hate those global pandemics. <laughs> it's so frustrating, but that's okay. It's all going to be okay soon. I just feel it. Everything, I just feel like everything is going to get better eventually for everybody. All right, so less than 305 ACIM.org is the website. If you want to check out A Course in Miracles, there are many apps so you can have these lessons on the go. The Foundation for Inner Peace will always keep these lessons free for you to explore and help yourself come on up out of some of the illusions and negative ideas. Usually to do with Christianity. So if it seems a little religious, that's because it's meant to help you get out of the illusion that Christianity has put people in, such as guilt and fear. We're going to talk about guilt and fear tonight too. So, all right, let's get down to it. Lesson 305 is this. There is a peace that Christ bestows on us there is a peace that Christ bestows on us who uses but Christ's vision finds a peace so deep and quiet undisturbable and wholly changeless that the world contains no counterpart. Comparisons are still before this peace. All and all the world departs in silence as this peace envelops it and carries gently carries it to truth. No more to be the home of fear, for love has come and healed the world by giving it Christ's peace. Father, the peace of Christ is given us because it is your will that we be saved. Help us today but to accept your gift and judge it not. For it has come to us to save us from our judgment on 
ourselves. There is a peace that Christ bestows on us. Again, that is lesson 305. If you want to look it up and read it later, again, it's free, absolutely free. So pretty cool stuff. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to learn about hell and demons. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not a scary show. <laughs> it's not this is not a scary topic, not as much as you think it is. So maybe sit back, maybe even enjoy some popcorn <laughs> and listen to the truth of these things that most of us were taught to be afraid of our whole lives. So it's time to let go of that fear and face the reality of what these things actually are right after this message. guys so I'm here with my teenage son Virgil and we are from a magical family we have hereditary magic in our DNA and we did not know this until last year because it skipped several generations as Christianity has come in and many of us have had that link it has been broken in our families. And I believe that if you go back in most people's families far enough, you're going to find out, oh my God, I too am a lineage witch or a hereditary witch, whatever you want to call it. It's pretty much the same thing. So when my oldest was born, she had magic and she started from the very beginning, just as soon as she could walk and talk, she's like, here, mama, I, I made these acorns uh, for you. And she like, give me these acorns. And she said, this is called acorn magic. And this is going to protect you and surround you with love. And you're going to have the energy of the trees with you at all times. So these kinds of things started happening when both my kids started coming up and they would come up with these magical things that happened completely on their own. And I started thinking about it more and more because I've always been attracted to uh, witchcraft or folk magic myself. My whole life I've been connected to um, animals and I've always felt the spirits around me. I've had past life memories from the age of three on and I've had telepathy and on and on and on, yada, yada, yada. And my kids have been very powerful just naturally. And I don't know about you guys, but when you were growing up, maybe your parents would say, Oh no, that's not real. It was just a dream. Those things aren't real. That magic isn't real. And we get programmed to think that none of it's real. 
Well, I did the opposite with my kids. I encouraged them and I said, even if you can't see it, you got to feel if it's real or not. And it, you have to believe it to see it, not, or you have, you know, not see it to believe it, right? So anyway, without further ado, I want to introduce my son. This is Virgil. And we're going to talk tonight about an experience that he had and knowledge that has started to come through about now brace yourselves you might want to sit down (laughs) about hell and demons or devils and what is this spooky ass world about you know we uh, if you grew up christian like i did and i'm not christian now but i was raised to be absolutely terrified of these images and of hell and you don't want to go to hell and ooh <laughs> and so we're going to talk to Virgil and we're going to find out some of the truths and the deeper truths of this and we're going to uncover some information that will probably ease your mind all right well Virgil welcome to the show hello thanks for having me here on metaphysical soul speak i'm excited to be on this episode talking about hell 80s it's It's not a very light topic, but it's worth understanding a little bit more. The experience that I had was pretty intense. Um, I had a vision, more or less, about hell that later on we will be talking about uh, furtherly. But basically, from my understanding, um, it's, it's not really a place in which is, you know huge like flames and fire and lava you know unless that is your personal help but it's basically a place in which people have to learn lessons that they haven't learned um, during their life on earth so basically demons help people with understanding some lessons or experiences that they didn't quite get on earth because of their egos see people living their life and justifying experiences being lost by living a certain way, supposedly in the name of God, but it's, you know, oftentimes in the name of stigmatizations that come with uh, organized mass religion, um, occasionally in certain churches or in certain areas of certain religions, which I'm not going to get into very much. can tend to stigmatize people for their beliefs or their actions and sometimes when you are a part of a huge religious group you can be stigmatized in things in your life that don't particularly need to be religious so um basically when you decide to live a certain way that is very um suppressing of the experiences that uh, you should be having and the lessons that you should be taking from these experiences on earth because you want to be a good person and you want to be a perfect person you know I mean you're never going to be the person you want to be if you don't accept the whole person that you are you know you need to accept that we're not good people we can try and thrive to be better which I think is really worthwhile, but we can't be that perfect person or good people that 
so many of us want to be. So basically, when our ego kicks in and we get scared and we want to protect ourselves by not going to hell, we can, I don't know, we just fall under these habits that it inhibits us from learning from the experiences that we should be having. Anyway, so basically, when you have demons, like when you're being possessed or haunted by demons in your life, a lot of times when you're fearful and you are very scared about going to hell and being a bad person and you want to be that perfect person um, and you want to do everything right according to other people's lives even, then it can tend to be chaotic and hectic and you can be haunted by demons which honestly aren't really that scary, at least in my opinion. I don't think they're that scary um, because you're, what you think about who you are is usually a lot more scary than these supposed demons that can haunt and possess you. Usually, they're the ones who could really be scared about some of the ideas that we have about them, honestly. But they, uh, they help us with karma, honestly. They are very uh, good with helping us get to the point um, when it comes to karma and justice, like cosmic justice. You know, uh, we need to learn things here, and when we put ourselves through experiences that inhibit ourselves from learning, um, it is bad karma, you know, because there is a huge balance in this universe that needs to be respected, and you can't know everything because you listen to somebody else or because you follow one knowledge, um, because we can't know that one knowledge unless you know it from a subconscious, like almost like an intuitive feeling. And it's hard for some people to understand this, but it's like everything is going to happen for a reason. And if you've understood this before, or if you're going to understand this in the future, you have to understand what you need to learn as this person in this life. So basically, um, in hell, you live the fears of your ego, subconscious or conscious, uh, the, the deepest fears of your ego are relived and like turned into an experience in this place that you imagine because we are very powerful creatures and a lot of people want, a lot of beings want to interact with us because we are so powerful, um, but a lot of us don't know it. So. It can occasionally be very difficult for us to find um, that balance or that justice of karma and um, it's, it's hard for us to really appreciate the lesson without being scared you know but a lot of us take life for granted or we don't really we don't really want to live it to the fullest because we don't understand why we're here and I'm not saying we should go out and party and subject ourselves to a whole bunch of um, unbalanced behavior, per se, but what I'm saying is we are here for a reason, and when we get signs from the universe um, in any way that you know how, I think you should really appreciate them. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that beings from the underworld are very... Um, 
I don't think they're very negative per se. I think what we have as fears and what we have as these myth misbeliefs and judgments here on Earth about other realms that we don't really know about, um, I think that's where a lot of the negative energy and vibrations are coming from when it comes to Hades, hell, demons. Um, I'm not saying you should invite them into your life because obviously, you know, it's pretty chaotic when you get a lot of karma at once. I mean, I, I think that a lot of people, if not most people, who have a pretty good understanding about this sort of stuff, energies and such, uh, would know that a lot of karma at once is can be very hectic, you know. Okay, so I, I want to know examples of things, but uh, let's see, let me think. So, so say somebody has um, an idea that they're definitely going to go to hell. They're completely terrified of it. And this has been their fear their whole life. And maybe they have something like say a heroin addiction and that's their thing. They, and their mom told them, their grandma told them, everyone told me you're going to do drugs. You're going to go to hell because we're Christian. And that's what we believe. And we know for sure. So when people around you condemn you to hell, even though they don't have a right to do that. And only you can condemn yourself or God can only judge you, no one else. And even Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged. You like, we don't have the right to judge other people, but we judge ourselves. We are our own harshest critics. So say somebody who is a heroin addict and say they're still alive. They're, they're doing heroin, but then they try to get off heroin and the demons come. What would it, what would a demon do to somebody who wasn't finished with an addiction? Like how does a demon's role play? Because we've always been taught demons come around and tempt us to get back into unprotected sex or to get uh, diseases sexually or to um, do drugs or do all the negative things that we consider, oh, ooh, no sex outside of marriage or ooh, no drugs or you know, all the things that we're taught as Christians. I mean, again, I'm not a Christian, but when I was growing up, things that I heard people talk about, like, don't do this, you're going to go to hell. Don't do that, you're going to go to hell, right? It's not just don't kill people or you're going to go to hell. There's 10 commandments, but there's other things that people condemn you to hell for and you start to believe it. So say you're a heroin addict and a, and a demon's coming up to you. What's the role a demon would play in that situation? What do they do? <laughs> well, basically, a lot of people um, follow stigmatizations as a justification, um, but people tend to be more affected by stigmas or stigmatization. You mean like heroin addiction when, is a stigma? When they're more, or... um, when they're more, like, like out of touch and they're not as conscious. Mm -hmm. See. Um, when you're around a lot of people who aren't conscious or they're out of touch, uh, you can tend to be off your balance, you know? You can tend to fall under habits that you that may be familiar or maybe unfamiliar to deal or cope with a certain situation or just uh, your situation in general. Um, see, a lot of people don't really have support and stuff, but um, we're all here for a reason nonetheless. And basically, over time, we become more conscious of things, and sometimes we can 
continue to live one way that might be um, chaotic or destructive and we're consciously aware of it we're consciously aware of our power and what we can and can't do um, but after a while when you're just more scared because you know consciously what you're doing then that fear is like a cycle and you get more scared and more scared but you also use the same like ways to quickly get out of a situation or to just justify one way of living um, or one way of thinking because you saw other people do it or because you can even feel pressure um, I don't know addiction is a very complicated thing but it it comes down to a couple things what you believe in for example is very very important everybody has their own values and you should follow and stick to your own values and live by them even express them um, because you shouldn't let other people's demons or other people's fears affect you and your fear demons do feed off fear but fear is more scarier than demons any day of the week you should not let yourself be ruled by your own fear after all it comes from you and um, well basically demons can sort of poke and prod at you to send you in directions that um, that you can definitely consciously get yourself into um, but it's basically just a test you know you need to learn a certain uh, you, you need to learn where you are in this world um, when it comes to your own values who you are you know it's very important so Basically, the only way to do that is to go out into the world and really see what is happening. See around you the people um, who are the people who be. <laughs> you know, see who is living and how they're living. You know, because that's what we are as of now. We are living. We need to live. We cannot live only by the thought or the idea or the fear of the ways that bring us closer to burning in hell. Um, however, we can't be perfect people, right? So I guess my point is you should accept yourself uh, more than stigmatizing yourself or fearing stigmatization because it doesn't matter what other people believe or even say about you. You should protect yourself from uh, words, they're very powerful, I mean, but, uh, yeah, I mean, demons are here for a reason, they're fallen angels, and even though a lot of people want to say they're here for uh, destruction and, and uh, very bad things, very negative things, demons are fallen angels, and they do have a part in greater good, they they do have a role in something that does sort of bring balance to the world and nobody stays in hell forever because after a while everybody realizes that we're all part of a greater purpose and this was just a lesson this whole experience was a lesson and it's sort of like a drawn-out process um, of this life you know there's an after effect of this life. Our consciousness stays, but not in this realm, per se. And sometimes it, we end up in a lower realm. 
Vietnam, which I have been to before, at least in vision. What was it like when you were there? What did it look like? Was it a lake of fire like some Christians like to believe, or was it different? Well... What did you see? You can go there and it sort of looks like, when I went there at least, um, it sort of looks uh, like they're halls where you can go into individual rooms and in the rooms they're like conscious, um, these like, these conscious awarenesses. That's not a word, I don't think. No, no, that makes sense. It makes sense to me. (laughs) Right, but there are like these rooms that are filled with different people's consciousnesses that are basically like their fears and what they believe because a lot of people hold on to their ego which doesn't really serve them at all in the afterlife or what is afterlife, the experiences afterlife. Um, so basically they hold on to this concept that doesn't serve them um, but only like on this part. but in a way that should help us learn and um, change. So basically, when people hold on to the construct, they have these fears, they have these ideas about what should happen to them when they don't even know why they are. You know, people should really just sort of take it easy and, you know, (laughs) ego doesn't really serve anybody. Now, does it? I mean... <laughs> no, no, of course not. When you think about it, the people with the biggest egos are trying to be greedy. Or, not trying to. They, they tend to be greedy, and they want power. They try to take power from people, and they don't really know how powerful they are. You know, because every action, every idea, every word has a lot of power. And this is something that even... Um, even some of the most respectful people that I know have a lot of trouble grasping. I mean, anybody I know, really, uh, even myself, obviously, like the most wise people that I know, we, we don't really have enough time to watch every single action and word in which we do, so we think. I mean, but we're all here for a reason, and if we sort of listening to what's around, you know, what's in the air, then you could, you could start to just relax and realize we're all here for a purpose, and we can find that purpose, but, yes. Okay, so do you think that if we accept ourselves and accept ourselves in a way that we accept our flaws and our things and we stop judging ourselves completely and we just say okay well you know today I was angry and today I maybe I punched a mailman or I kicked a dog or (laughs) or I, I you know snorted cocaine or whatever the person does and they think oh that was so terrible that was so bad you know and they hear their aunt Tilly saying you shouldn't do that drug or whatever You know, even if it's just smoking a cigarette, some people feel so guilty and so bad about who they are. Like, I'm a smoker or I I drink alcohol. And I've known a lot of alcoholics that just felt so bad about themselves. 
Um, and then they would feel so bad that they got to the point where they drink more and more and more. And they became like serious alcoholics and they couldn't get out of it because it's a physical addiction as well as emotional and it becomes like a spiritual like a band-aid because of their ego their fears they feel bad about themselves but what i'm hearing you say is that if we accept all of our parts of ourself not just the good you know not just you know i did a good deed today so this is good but then you think you're going to hell for all the other crap if you stop and you accept yourself is it possible that you're not going to go to hell or is that a big factor or key in in this equation like how do we avoid hell basically well um hell has everything to do with fear and judgment and that's why i say ego uh, a lot i've mentioned the ego a lot because of um well ego has a lot of involvement um it has a lot to do with judgment um you know thinking that everything should be one way and you are somehow relating to that one way by stigmatizing other people or by stigmatizing yourself but when you for example stigmatize yourself because of something that you believe is bad but on some level you consciously know that if you live up to these people's um, judgments I mean stigmatizations and you live exactly how they want you to live then you're not going to be happy because it's just not who you are then you shouldn't sit around judging yourself all day but then again there are a lot of people who don't really have uh, any ego but they just they don't know why they're here in this world or they don't know um, how to take care of themselves you know they don't know how to love themselves and to accept themselves so basically um, you should always follow love and you shouldn't follow fear because there is um, only one type of true respect in this world and you need to respect life you need to respect being and learning and you need to respect that we're all here for a certain reason and we need to um, learn exactly why we're here at some point in our life um, if we're conscious or not about it we need to be spiritually conscious about it at least if we are awake or not so basically you have to accept that everything that happens in the world is might not be okay at times it might seem like it's very 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 bad but it all happens for a reason and even during a war even during a great act of destruction or chaos there can be a peace that can be found and there can be a new beginning that can be created sometimes destruction and chaos is necessary um, but we just have to accept that we are a part of a greater balance and we only have to accept that balance see we are very powerful but this balance in the universe is always gonna work itself out you know it's like so it's it it's always gonna balance itself out and we just have to accept that we're a part of it you know
know, and that everything we do is just a part of this greater universe, this greater conscious being, or consciousness that is um, that is working. It's 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 always going. It's it's turning. We're a part of it, but it's it's so big that we don't really have to worry about doing the wrong thing because most of what has happened has already been done. Most of what has been destroyed has already been destroyed before or transformed. So we just have to stick to our values and find why we are here, why we should be conscious in these times, in this space, in this part of this bigger universe and situation we have going here. So, I don't know. The most important thing, in my opinion, is that we should not fear this life. We should not fear these experiences that we are here to experience. We should just embrace them. Because we all deserve to be alive for some reason or another, but we should find out why we are here. Okay, so let's get into the nitty gritty of actually what... Okay, so first of all, the demons fell to earth. The ones we consider evil, (laughs) they fell to earth because of their egos. They thought they were better than humans and they didn't want to be placed below humans according to the legend. Whether that's true or not, I don't even know the reality of that. But we always consider demons as evil. They're always tempting us. They're trying to push us to do things that are bad or what we consider bad. So what are, what is the purpose of demons? What do they do? Why do they exist? Why are they always poking and prodding us? Why do they do that? What is the purpose of that? Well, basically, I think that a lot of demons want to be different and they don't accept themselves. And um, at the same time, they poke and prod people because they stigmatize themselves. And that's basically sort of like what we know uh, demons to be in our day-to-day life. Like uh, judging ourselves and and judging other people for, for being a very like a like for being in a very vague part of a big existence across many people uh for example if you have an addiction i mean uh like you can take anybody in the world and they can be obsessed about one thing or another throughout their day uh, to an unhealthy uh like you know coffee is one of the most consumed things in the world and some people take coffee too far I know I take coffee too far so I thought you're talking about me <laughs> I mean I, yeah. I have seen uh, for example addiction firsthand and I know a lot of people who str- have struggled with it and who do struggle with it but um, I don't know that, that sort of thing really upsets me actually uh, <laughs> basically um, right so demons demons are like 
they they can be jealous and they they might have a big ego or they might judge a lot they might judge themselves but they also know um, on some level or another that they ultimately do help us even if they won't admit it they ultimately do help uh, the greater being above us you know how do they help us that's incredible that's well, a re- that's a revelation right there how do demons actually help us because um, we don't want demons but there's something that we call there's something that we call with our own negativity and with our own uh, self-doubt and with our own um, I mean if, if you have I don't want to say hate but a lot of people do have hate and they they choose to be ignorant to justify for example violence or like actions that hurt other people or just hurting themselves or or living in fear and and we shouldn't really live by these things we should live by our values what we really think is right like when it comes to us in this existence in this world you know because this world is a reflection of us and we are a reflection of this world so you know in this bigger existence that we're in we shouldn't let those negativities really affect us or our being you know but when they push us to the brink and so now the other day you and i were talking about this and you mentioned that demons will push us and push us and push us so that we can speed up our own negativity and our own negative karma to basically come to a head so that we decide ultimately enough is enough we don't deserve this anymore and we let go of our ego or that part and then we can ultimately just go ugh, I don't accept this for myself anymore I'm done I can walk away and that's what demons role can be for us is is that am I catching that right yes so basically um, we don't really want to put ourselves in hell but when we put so much time thinking about it and we ultimately believe we want it um, we we glorify ourselves being in hell too much sometimes we can tend to do this on a spiritual level even and it's it's really toxic is really unhealthy um no matter what the reason may be um but demons do sort of they poke and they prod us and they want us to you know (laughs) a lot of a, a lot of them can be super annoyed and irritated that we put ourselves through hell because it's it's exhausting you know hell is exhausting for everyone it's it sucks and when you put yourself there demons want you to realize that you're a part of something that's really big and you actually are lucky you deserve to be you deserved to be alive in that lifetime and you should just move on you know because because you don't want to be in hell (laughs) and you shouldn't put yourself there so you just you suffer you suffer you suffer and then you realize you don't have to suffer and you shouldn't want to suffer. You should just want to embrace everything that should happen on that balance in this universe that I was talking about. 
So um, something your dad used to tell me all the time was that he would show me the tarot card of the the uh, devil, and the picture of the devil. He's sitting on a throne, and he has features of both male and female because he is gender neutral, or or combination both genders, and he has like chains that go to a man and a woman, and. This is, this is, the card itself is weird in the original um, like Rider Waite style deck where the man and the woman, they're naked, which means they are naked to who they were while they were on earth and that they're open and exposed to all of their flaws, all of everything that, that put them in hell with the devil and they're chained and shackled, but... The chains are enormous and they can easily lift them off and walk out. And something your father always told me was that the hell, I mean, the door to hell is always open. You can always choose to get up and walk out and leave. But this goes against what Christianity has been telling people for like thousands of years now that uh, God puts you in hell and punishes you forever. And what I want to get across tonight is like, what, what is the truth of that? What is the reality of that from what your vision when you had it? Is this true? I mean, do you go to hell forever? Can you walk out? Can you release the shackles? Well, the truth is you have free will. You have free will to believe whatever you want to believe. You have free will to think whatever you want to think. You have free will to live however you want to live. And, or, or be however you want to be. Better worded. Uh, because, you know, after life, you don't need to suffer about the life you've lived. You just need to learn about it. Here in this life, you just need to reach that sort of justice per se and it's something that we may not understand living how we're living we just need to learn about it later on at some point um, so basically we can get up and leave our own personal hells whenever we want it's just a matter of being ready because sometimes it can be scary to accept what we haven't learned yet and accept that we need to learn but we are worthy of learning and we are worthy of being here. So we should really appreciate that. So some people's hells are based on their feeling guilty about something they have done in their life. And some people's personal hells are like reliving moments that they lived on earth already that were terrible, that were thrust upon them by other people and that's a whole different kind of hell how do people get out of that you know like if someone does something terrible to you and you are a victim not necessarily victim mentality but you are a victim of a horrible crime and then you put yourself in that hell where you're reliving that crime over and over and over again why do people go through that or how do they get out of that sort of hell and how do we stop that from happening while we're still alive. We want to prevent that sort of hell for people who are victims of terrible things. You just, you have to, sometimes you really do have to look at a terrible situation and accept that things may not seem better for a while, but 
just follow love just don't give in to the fear because that's what that energy wants you you don't need to hold on to it you don't need to live as what happened or history if if there is a pattern or an energy that is haunting you a memory that really hurts the best thing to do is to just let it go as much as you can you know try to cut the energy the the negative emotions and obsessive feelings and thought patterns from it uh, and just let it go it's always worth it not to hold on to those things and do you suppose that forgiveness has a role to play in those kinds of personal hells do yes. they need to forgive themselves and others yes of course oftentimes when we get hurt or when something violent happens to us even if it's not from another person we tend to blame ourselves um, and it's not our fault if we get hurt it's not our fault it's it I mean sometimes we can be held a little bit responsible for it but it's it's not our fault that we have pain and we shouldn't be held responsible for our own pain or our own suffering honestly because we are here to learn and sometimes we make mistakes when we have learned to a certain point and decide not to follow what we have learned or what we believe uh, about our realities in regards to what we have learned and sometimes when we decide to go against what we know to be our existence no matter how you know it to be uh, can come back pretty hard I know this to be true in my life at least guess I can't speak for everyone no matter what I'm saying but uh, yeah yeah sure sure so what I'm gathering from this conversation and these ideas is that if we live a life of love and acceptance and we come from a place of humility like being humble instead of gathering our energy into our egos of wanting to be better than everyone if we put ourselves on a level playing field and we think everybody's equally loved we love ourselves we accept ourselves but that extends to other people and we live from a place of forgiveness acceptance love and we are humble then we can basically walk among the devils of the world um, the demons and we will be completely unaffected is that is that fair to say yes I, I suppose it is you need to learn how to control your own fear but I would say that we can live in a world with all sorts of beings all sorts of actions energies thoughts uh, curses spells all sorts of magic beliefs religions um, all sorts of backgrounds cultures and, and we could live in a world where all of these beings, such as angels and demons and humans and animals and 
people in general exist without being affected too heavily by one side or the other as long as we accept our own being and our own free power, our free will, and our free existence among this world. Okay, now I also wanted to touch upon another thing about people have said that Satan is evil, but in reality Satan is supposed to be um, a punisher of evil. What do you think about that? I mean, if he's punishing evil, is it just because we accept the punishment because we think we're evil? I mean, the people that think, I don't think I'm evil, but I feel like the people who put themselves in hell, I mean, is, is Satan supposedly evil and bad and making us do evil or is he just a punisher or is this all just made up stuff? I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I believe that um, we punish ourselves more than outside um, external forces. We, we punish ourselves because of what people say or what people think the most. Mm-hmm. So I feel like these really um, obsessive and, and, and these really almost fantasized, exaggerated ideas about Satan and about demons come from ourselves, come from what we have in ourselves, what we walk with every single day. And we have the ability to live however we want. And at the same time, we say or we like to believe that we don't have too much time. Um, We do have a lot of time. And sometimes we have so much time that we forget you know, we forget where we come from or what we are. Um, so I believe that we have so much opportunity to be and to change. And I believe that we are infinite in, in our existence, but we shouldn't be limited by this fear um, or we create our own hell, which is basically that that um, image of of whatever your biggest fear is whatever you think you deserve because of a false guilt or a false sense of responsibility because of something that isn't even really particularly from you right I I have um, I've had my own dreams where I went to people's individual hells after they died and I remember just trying to talk to them like hey snap out of it what are you doing and they could not see me they just kept going over and over their own hells and another one at one dream and this has happened multiple times one time I saw uh, somebody who was shackled like he had a chain around his uh, foot or his ankle and he was in a laboratory plotting evil deeds but it was like a medieval kind of like an alchemist laboratory um and he kept talking about all the evil he wanted to do to get back at people that hurt him in life and i know that years later i had another dream about him and he was back in heaven everything was fine he got through it but i don't know um I, like, how do people get out of it? Like, you said that they accept themselves, but how do they... 
have you ever seen, like when you had your visions, did you go and see somebody snap out of it? You know, is it just an ultimate one day enough is enough or? Basically when I went there in my vision, I saw, I, I went there with, I went there with death and like I'm talking about like basically what a lot of people know as the Grim Reaper. Right, right. I call him Harry, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> we affectionately call him Harry, but yeah, the Grim Reaper. I was there in the vision with death. Yeah. And he basically told me that there is a greater understanding that we need to all reach that really doesn't have much to do with us as much as the greater energy that we are a part of. And people put themselves in their own hell. They want to judge themselves or they want to judge other people. And they want to be obsessed with these easy routes of not really learning, but just giving in to fear and negativity. So after a while, it's hard not to accept that we are a part of this greater world and the sooner we accept that, the smoother things are going to go, no matter what your situation is. That's awesome. I love that. You can bring yourself out of hell, it just, you need to trust that there is a bigger force and power. And you just, you know, follow love, That's that always helps, but just accept that at some point or another you need to be ready to, to know that we are all here for a reason, and um, everything is going to be okay, no matter what your life was like, you know, things could have been better, things could have been worse. But it's your life. Things could not have been different. You know, things can't really be wrong in the experiences and in the lifetimes that we're living. It can't be out of place. We all have a small but significant place in this world. Being all equal as we are all different. So just accept yourself. Love yourself. Um, don't obsess about this easy negativity that we don't really know about that leads to this vicious cycle, cycle of fear. Um, mostly of the unknown, but just relax. And try to just stick with what you do know, with what you do believe in. And just listen in to what's but some, somewhere up there in the cosmic breeze. Basically, follow the signs, love and accept yourself, and don't worry so much because that can lead to living your own personal hell in the afterlife. So just live your life, and at the end of the life, just accept that it's over and extract yourself from it and don't obsess over it. Otherwise, you might end up in a cosmic loop for a while of being in your own personal hell. Is that, is that fair to say? Yes, because people can even put themselves through hard times here 
on Earth when they decide to stick around, but, you know, you just need to move on. It doesn't mean that you can't come back, you know, in other moments. Might be in a different way, but you're always going to have, um, you're always going to be the world as the world is you. Everything is the same. That's awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show, Virgil. I really appreciate it. We've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. So I'm glad that you able were able to commit to it tonight. And I really appreciate you and I love you very much. Thank you very much. I love you. I love you too. I'm nervous. And, um, That's okay. You're doing great. You did great. <laughs> I hope this interview was not too convoluted. Or... No, it was perfect. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, guys. I wanted to say thank you to you guys too. And, and I love you very, very much. Thank you for placing your confidence in me and for spending your time, choosing to spend your time listening to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I will be back tomorrow with all new, unique, and original programming, just like always. And remember to put July 1st in your calendar because that's when we can start voting. Well, you can. I can't vote for myself. But you guys can vote for me for the People's Choice Award uh, for podcasts and just go ahead and put in the calendar and in July I'm going to tell you exactly how to vote anyway that's it for now I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension thank you guys until next time peace Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.